0: today we're going to begin um, just a quick two week series called Keeping Focus. This has to do with our mission and vision and over the you know last i don't know how many years we keep talking about one of the things we talk about is technology and how it has changed our lives and so as I was thinking of the prepping for today, uh, one of the things that has created most change for us is around Cell phones, got to love them, cell phones, right? Uh, Barna did a little research, Barna Research Group, where they interviewed 13 to 21-year-olds, and the question that they asked is, in what ways does tech make your life genuinely easier? And so I'm going to go through a couple of those things. It might be a little hard to read for some of you, they're a little small, but... So here's what they say, The, the top thing... I have access to lots of information. So 72% of the youth and the young adults say that that's one of the bonuses to technology. Um, 64% said it lets me be more connected to friends and families. 61% said it helps me be better informed about the world. 52% even says I'm able to do my schoolwork or job better. 45% makes... Uh, many daily activities more convenient. Um, And then I'm going to drop all the way down to only 16% says it makes me a better person. So, cell phone does a lot for us, but maybe it doesn't help me to be a better person. But those are things that make our life easier. But they also ask, in what ways has it made your life more difficult? Well, 54% say I waste a lot more time. I think there's some of us adults that could ring true to that. We were kind of talking about that the other day. Uh, 53% says put off or pro- procrastinate doing homework or other things. 50% said I'm more distracted. 36% says I feel less productive. Don't get as much done. And 32% my device sometimes separates me from other people. So it helps me in my relationship, it also even separates. So as you got this little thing going on. Um, let's see here. Twenty-four percent, I feel anxious when I'm not with my phone. So one in four of our youth and teenagers are feeling anxious when they don't have their phone with them. Maybe, again, maybe some of us adults can relate to these kind of things, but But the reason why I bring this up is that technology is really both good and bad. It all depends on how you use it. Technology can be a help, but it also can be a distraction. Um, And if it's a distraction, and it keeps us from doing what we are needing to do or what we're supposed to do, then it becomes a problem. This idea of some things being good and some things being distraction is even something that fits in many other things that we deal with in our personal lives. And even for us as a church or for the church generally or organizations, we as followers of Jesus can be distracted from what is most important. We lose focus. So... What is focus? Well, there's a couple of different meanings to the word focus that if you were to look up in the dictionary or Google it on your phone, talk about help, right? Um, Focus is a center of activity or attraction or attention. So it's like... The focus of the meeting was on, and whatever your topic may be, the focus on on the meeting was how we were going to better help our neighbors. So that's the focus. Your attention is drawn to that. Um, It's a point of concentration. I really want to focus and get my budget done this weekend, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that, but it's a point of concentration concentration. It's also a point of emphasis. Our focus for our conversation is how do we help the homeless. It's an emphasis or it's a sense of direction. Um, The team lost focus. So for example, the Green Bay Packers lost focus today because they were so enthralled by the Vikings that they lost. You know I had to get you back, You, you know. I get the last word. Um, So focus is simply directing your thoughts or directing your mind to what you think or feel or act and therefore to help you achieve something. So keeping focus is important for us if we want to accomplish various tasks. Some Uh, people who are in the know or who may call famous for one reason or another, they have some quotes on focus. One of them is George Lucas of Star Wars fame. He says, always remember your focus determines your reality. So whatever you focus on, that will become your reality. If, If your focus is on I want to be successful in my job, that's, that's your focus. It will eventually be your reality. You will be successful. Zig Ziglar, who's a time management guru from days gone by, says, lack of direction, not lack of time, is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. For Zig, it's, what are you focused on? You know, what are you, what are your, what's your direction? It's not about time. It's about your focus. Another quote is this, whenever you want to achieve something, keep your eyes open, concentrate, and make sure you know exactly what it is you want. No one can hit their target with their eyes closed. You can hit something with your eyes closed, but you can't hit your target if you're not looking at it. Roy Bennett says, what you stay focused on will grow. Socrates, a great philosopher from a long time ago, says the secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Again, if if our focus is on the past, we'll stay in the past and change won't happen. We have to focus on the future. What you focus on is, I hope you're getting the point, I'm I'm kind of beating a dead horse here to a certain extent. What you focus on is where you're going to go it's really that simple it's why distracted driving is such an issue today because you know if you are driving down the road and you look to your right you're eventually gonna go right it's just what the body does it, it, it eventually pulls you out if you look to the left you you're eventually gonna go that way if you drop your cell phone on the floor and take your eye off the road you're gonna go off the road it's Catching a football, I love slow motion today because when the wide receiver's out, even if these are NFL professional football players, you see this happen, the ball's coming coming, and right in the split second, they turn and they start looking downfield and the ball hits their hands and falls because they took their eye off the ball. It's hitting a golf ball or a baseball, keep your eye on that ball until you've hit it. The idea is if you lose focus, you'll lose direction, and you'll get off course. Same thing happens for groups of people, too. When a group of people is focused on the same thing together, amazing things can happen. Even groups of people that are against all odds, and you know, again, back to sports, you hear stories of teams who are facing a greater opponent for whatever reason, and because the one team has lots of focus, like the Vikings today, um, they will win without any problem. Or we hear f- throughout history the story of different groups of people fighting wars, and you have a small group of people, and they win because they have lots of focus. I mean, you go back to the Revolutionary War, the British had everything, but it was the revolutionaries that had a focus to get freedom, and so they won. When you talk to people who really talk about time management and planning and direction and goals and being focused, the key to being focused is eliminate distractions. That's the main thing. If you want to be focused, you have to get rid of distractions. So the question for me is, the question I need to ask myself is, What is keeping me from being focused on what God wants me to do? What is distracting me? The other thing is, am I focused on the right thing? I mean, I can really be focused on something, but if it's the wrong thing, I'm going to head down the wrong path. So you you better be. (laughs) Hopefully, God will distract you and get you back on track. So we've talked a lot about the meaning of focus and quotes from professionals about focus, but maybe it might even be good to look at what the Bible says. You know, we are here in church today, right? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12, otherwise I'm going to have the words on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1, the author says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Do you see the focus? The focus is the race that is marked out for us. What is that race? What is that mark? That's what our focus needs to be on. The other thing I want us to notice from verse 1 here is that there are two things that get in the way of us running the race marked out for us. One is the sin that so easily entangles. I mean, we kind of get that, right? We get that sin in our life is going to keep us off course of what God wants for us to do. The second thing is sometimes a little harder for us to notice, and that is everything that hinders. And the reason why this one is a bit harder is because those things that hinder us from running the race marked out for us might be good things. It's like technology. There's a good aspect to it. But there's a big way that it distracts. It's relationships. Relationships are important. We're supposed to be in relationship. But the question is, Is my relationship with whoever that person may be, is that keeping me from running the race marked out for me? If it is, it's a distraction. Sometimes our jobs can be that way. We're so focused on climbing whatever the career ladder is that we've missed the mark of the race that has been marked out for me. Sometimes causes that we take up can hinder us. Like a cause of helping the homeless. Now, it's important for us to help the homeless. The Bible's very clear about that, but when our focus is just on the homeless, and not on the race that marked out for us, which we're going to be talking about as we move forward, it can be something that hinders. Or dealing with racism. If racism is the big issue and that's all you focus on, you could miss the mark. But there are other things too, like politics. Politics are important. We need to be involved in politics. But politics can hinder us from the race that is marked out for us. Remember that this hindering can be something that seems good. Let's continue on with verse 2. And the writer says, the last part of verse 1, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And then verse 2, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he adored the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus, our rabbi, is our example. He is the one we want to be like. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus. Again, think about driving. What you fix your eyes on, that's the direction you're going to go. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to run this race that is marked out for you, then we need to not be distracted and fix our eyes. Focus on Jesus, because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. This is why we have been talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is why we went through the book of Luke this summer, is because we want to fix our eyes on Jesus. When I focus on Jesus, I will become like Jesus, And when I become like Jesus, like Jesus, no matter what comes my way, I will face it with joy. Consider this, Jesus faced the cross with joy because Jesus was focused on what God had called him to do, what God had sent him to do. You and I, as followers of Jesus, have a race marked out for us that we are to run. And that doesn't mean a life of ease, a life where everything is perfect. It means we will face hardship. It means we will face opposition. When my eyes are fixed on Jesus and I know the race that I'm running, I will be able to face it with joy. Now I'm going to reread Hebrews 12, and this time I just want you to listen because I'm going to read it from the Message translation, which is a paraphrase. But I love how Eugene Peterson writes these verses here. Listen carefully. He writes, "You see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down. Start running." And never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. I love that. No spiritual fat. I hate to say this, but most of us Christians here in the West, we're spiritually fat. That means we have all the information we need, we're just not doing anything. My opinion. Verse 2. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I love it. What if we read the Gospels? with the view of learning how we are to live our life today in the midst of what we face. Because Jesus did not respond to the issues of his day with fear. Because he knew the race. He knew the mark. He was going for it. He was going to run to win. And no matter what came his way, he was running the race. So, what are we to keep focusing on? Um, that's a great question. Sometimes I feel like when we read the Bible, we feel like there's a list of thirty things that we need to do, and and that gets a little distracting. But I like what Jesus has done for us is he's made it very simple. You see, when Jesus was faced by, um, confronted by the teachers, the religious teachers and the makers of the law, they asked him, what is the greatest command? And we know this already, but here's what it is in Matthew 22. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is where it begins. This needs to be our focus. We we need to learn how to love God with every part of our being every day. It begins here. Because God loved us and gave us His Son. He, He gave up everything for us out of His love for us. Now we have to learn how to love God with all of our heart, with our soul, with our mind. And then Jesus goes, this is the greatest, first and greatest command, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is probably the harder part. Um, loving your neighbor, notice that Jesus said all of the teaching in the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Love God, love your neighbor. This needs to be our focus. This is where it starts. Love God, love others. The Apostle John in 1 John 4 says this, he kind of gives a reason, dear friends, let us love one another for Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So you, you see this little circle thing going here? It's We've got to love God okay? because God has loved us. We've got to love God and we've got to love our neighbor. Now, if we don't love our neighbor, then we're not really loving God. And if we aren't loving God, then how do we Love our neighbor. It kind of goes around and around. So yes, we have to love God first and then out of that love for God, we need to love our neighbor. And how do you know you're loving God? Are you loving your neighbor? Clear as mud, right? God is love. Loving our neighbors. Um, if you remember, Jesus told a parable about loving our neighbors. Who is our neighbor? He talks about the Samaritan. Our neighbors are those who are different than us. In fact, Jesus even goes on to say in another part, love our enemies, pray for those who um, are our enemies, bless those who uh, persecute us. Why? Because God is love and Jesus tells us to love our neighbor and to love our enemies. That's why we do it. So how do we know we're loving God? If we're loving our neighbor and we're loving our enemies. This is part of the reason why our mission as a church is impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. Four years ago, when we went through a process of discerning our mission, it was clear that love... Love is going to be a priority because Jesus made it a priority. Our mission answers the question why we exist. So as a church, we exist to impact people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. We realize that that love for people comes out of our love relationship with God, our Promise to the world is we are going to love the world just like Jesus loved the world. Some of you are already doing this in amazing ways. And um, I was just thinking as I was preparing this of Dorothy Patterson, and I talked with her a little bit more this morning. And just she works at a school. She's been doing it the last three years in the lunchroom or outside having kids swear at her. And what does she do? She loves them. And she is seeing fruit of that love today. Here she is is in a place, in a public school, where you can't talk about Jesus, but Jesus is all over that place wherever Dorothy is walking. She's impacting these young kids with the love of Jesus as they're on this crazy journey of life. I mean, we have to remember that our our world is so different, okay? We are in a non Christian, a post-Christian world. That's our culture today. We have to grasp that and we have to stop looking back. Remember the quote earlier if you focus back here you're going to miss the future. We have to do, we have to say okay how do we impact people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life in a world that is post-Christian? It looks different. It looks like Dorothy hanging out with little kids during lunch and loving them and waiting for the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity to talk about love. The last month or so um, stuff has gone crazy in Terry and my neighborhood. We just We've gotten to know some neighbors, but the last month or so, we just, more and more neighbors. It's just like, it's crazy. We're, part of it is we spent the last two years, we, we walk. Not every day, but we walk often in the summertime. We don't walk in the wintertime, you know, it's a little cold out there. But we, we pray for our neighbors. And we just, if they're outside, we go say hi to them and introduce ourselves. And then we get in these conversations with them like last night with one of our ladies that is frustrated with one of the neighbors. It's all that neighborhood stuff. But we right now all Terry and I are doing is how do we love our neighbors really well? We just want to build relationships with them. It begins with love. Next week we're going to continue our conversation about keeping our focus, and um, part of that is talking about our vision, and even priorities that the staff and the elders have said, hey, this, these are our mission priorities, this is, this is also our outcomes for this next year. When we look past back at this last year, here's our un- outcomes, and so uh, we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff, in our whole desire is that we as a body of believers can be focused together to do what God has called us to do as a church. Because how did Jesus change the world 2,000 years ago? Yes, he died on the cross and he rose again, but he equipped a bunch of people and sent them out And they went and loved the world and proclaimed Jesus, the good news of Jesus. And in a 300-year span of time, they transformed the then-known world. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we are so grateful for just um, your love for us. And I, I ask that you would help us to love the world and Father, um, if there's anything in our personal lives or in our life as a church together that is distracting us from running the race you have marked out for us, I pray that you would reveal it to us in Jesus' name and give us the courage to confess that and to get back on track. And I pray, Father, that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just pray that this church this church would have a powerful impact on this community in Jesus' name. Amen.